Whether on the go or at the table, get lost in a conversation about everything coffee with your host, Eric Ortiz. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Everything Coffee, a podcast that brings in different people weekly from all walks of life to talk about everything coffee. And today I'm joined by Zach Goldman. He is one half of the husband-wife duo that owns Stay Goldman Coffee Co. Zach focuses on roasting and a few other things, while his wife, Alexa, handles the bagging, the tagging, and administrative work as well. Zach fell down a rabbit hole over 12 years ago, and the rest is history with his passion growing in a variety of ways, whether it be in beans, roasts, and brew methods, and now roasting his own coffee and working with his wife, Alexa, and building Stay Goldman Coffee Co. Based out of Norfolk, Virginia, and both Zach and Alexa hope to provide the community with high-quality craft coffee delivered to your door. You can visit Stay Goldman Coffee on IG at Stay Goldman Coffee and online at StayGoldman.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach Goldman. Zach, how are you? I am tired, but otherwise very good. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us. I, I it's, it's always funny because every, every time we bring in people for the show, we always talk about uh, things that happen behind the scenes. And That's true. I reached out to Zach and I'm like, I know we have to do this at seven. I just, I just got home late and uh, definitely want to just kind of get the routine kind of going first. And yeah, here we are both tired, but we are here doing this show and we are absolutely <laughs> happy. I'm, I'm happy that I, I finally got to, to talk with you and uh, yeah, I, I, um, I got the coffee you sent and it is uh, fantastic. It was, it was absolutely <laughs> made my, my uh, mail deliverer uh, probably very jealous because <laughs> grabbing the bag at the mailbox um it was emitting just an in it just in a strong aroma of just coffee just like freshly nice. roasted coffee so i know he was probably very upset <laughs> and that he couldn't have any of it so tell me a little bit about your story you fell down a rabbit hole <laughs> over 12 years ago which which you, you don't sound like an old guy I, I don't know how old you are zach but but certainly so <laughs> where, where are we at here Yes, I, I appreciate that. So I'm I'm coming up on thirty. All right. Um, I I have a long and and complicated story, but I'll I'll try and keep it short. Um, I got into coffee the way that I kind of along the way as I was getting into sales, um, which is my my day job. I hope that maybe one day you know at, at least my wife can quit her job to run the business. But um, for now, I'm actually. This is uh this is kind of a, a hobby and a side thing for me and we're trying to grow it. But sure. um my day job, I'm I'm a I'm a sales manager for a very large company and um I've been in sales since I was eighteen. And when I started in sales, I was I was knocking on doors, I was door to door. Um and I worked a lot of weird hours. I worked six days a week and I was going, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. So as you can imagine, I was really dragging most of the time. And I was drinking a lot of like energy drinks and five hour energies and stuff like that. And then um, <clears throat> somebody one day asked me to put a pot of coffee on and I was like, I've, I don't, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they showed me, Oh yeah, you just, you know, you dump the Folgers out of the can into this paper filter and it's just always fill Folgers. up however much. It's yeah, always Folgers, man. <laughs> Folgers or Maxwell house or whatever. And then, you know, however, however much water you feel, uh, you know, is right. Just put that in there and then you just flip the switch. And, um, so I, I was, I was pretty much hooked from there. Um, you know, salespeople in all walks of life always drink a ton of coffee and sure. energy drinks and all that kind of stuff. So, 
Um, I was drinking coffee from the time I woke up. Um, I didn't drink it at home. I drank it at work as soon as I got there and then all day long until I went home. And then I didn't really know that you could get coffee other than just like from a can that was just, just ground up. And um, I think probably my second or third sales job, they had a, it wasn't a Keurig, but it was a similar concept. The, the coffee came in like packets sure. and you drop the packet into the front of the machine. But there were all these funny words written on the packets of coffee that mm-hmm. I hadn't heard before. I was like, what is it? What's a Sumatra? What is, what does that mean? <laughs> and so I was, uh, I was kind of experimenting with these different coffees. I was like, Oh wait, this is better than what I've been drinking. And now at this point, that was maybe nine years ago. And then I was still, you know, I, I was putting a ton of like cream and sugar, just like every other salesperson in the sun. And then I went on a, on a low sugar diet. And so I wasn't able to put cream and sugar into my coffee anymore. So I started becoming a little bit more in tune with the taste of the coffee and figuring out what level of roast I like, what origin I like. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was in a grocery store one day, walked down the coffee aisle and suddenly that aisle looked a lot larger. And so then I picked out, uh, I picked out a, a bag of counterculture, which at the time to me was like, this incredible small batch craft coffee, right? I had never, I had never heard of it before. So obviously it was brand new. It was different. Definitely. Um, <laughs> and, um, but, but, you know, the thing is, you know, I was living in, in Raleigh, which has a lot of really large, really good roasters. Um, the biggest of which that comes to mind is black and white. Um, they're based in the Raleigh area. Um, but I actually, um, I used to really hate coffee shops uh, and I'll, I'll circle back on this at some point in our conversation, I'm sure, because I felt like I liked coffee and wanted to learn more about it. But anytime I went into a coffee shop, I just felt like I was being very heavily gatekept and I couldn't access the information I wanted. I couldn't learn about it. And at the time, you know, there wasn't like a lot of, there weren't all these pages on Instagram and YouTube. It's a secret club. It was a secret club that you couldn't get into unless you knew the secret password to. Exactly. And I just kind of shied away from it for a while. And then, you know, I kind of was, was fiddling around, you know, trying some different stuff that I liked. Um, You know, at one point, I think, I think one, one year I started making cold brew um, cause I, I had been dragged to a coffee shop in Raleigh, uh, and a guy that I was working with was like, Oh, you got to try their nitro cold brew. I was like, what the heck is a nitro cold brew? Uh, so I tried that and I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And he was like, yeah, you can make this at home. I was like, Oh, okay. So I started doing that. And, but we were like, we were buying like Harris Teeter whole bag, like, you know, Harris Teeter coffee and throwing it in the blade grinder and then putting it in our pitcher of cold water and leaving it overnight. Um, but I, I started to kind of broaden my horizons a little bit. Um, my, I think it was my mother-in-law got me like a Chemex one year for Christmas. Nice and, gift, yeah. Yeah, and, and I had no clue what I was doing with it, by the way. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was just winging it, right? Like I said, I had, a, I had like one of the like $8 blade grinders from Target. Did you even so, have a, some paper to put on that filter or... Uh, I had, uh, yeah, I, I bought like, um, I bought cone filters gotcha. from, uh, my grocery store 
And uh, so I threw them in there along with whatever coffee I found. And then I don't know what happened, but one day something just, just like clicked. Um, I think it, I think it started when my wife and I went to, we took this like, like, uh, in the moment we were like, let's go to the beach. And my wife and I were, were like, I'm very pragmatic. Everything is planned. My wife kind of goes along with whatever we want to like, whatever I I'm like, Hey, let's do this. She's like, <laughs> all right, I'm in. She's an adventuring spirit. I'm very pragmatic. But one night it was like right after new year's, I was like, let's go to the beach. Um, and at the time this was before we lived in Norfolk. This was when we were in Raleigh. So it was two hours to the nearest beach instead of 20 minutes. So, we get in the car, we go to the beach, have dinner, whatever, go to bed, wake up. And I was like, I really want coffee, but like hotel coffee sucks. So we go to this coffee shop along the boardwalk walk in uh, Carolina beach. And I, there was nobody else in the shop. It was, you know, just like lazy beach town off season. I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask this guy some questions. So I start talking to the guy, the, the barista there and he starts answering some questions. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try a latte. I've never done that. I've only had just black coffee or coffee with cream and sugar. So, and you and you thought you were the pragmatic <laughs> one. There you go. Adventurous yeah. spirit comes <laughs> well, out a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So, so I tried. It. I was like, I was like, this is this is this is revolu- This is life changing. So then I started looking for craft coffee, and and I wasn't really. I didn't have a lot of opportunities. And I, and I promise I'm going somewhere with this because I know I'm a little long winded. <laughs> I should have warned you. Um. So I, I, I had started um, a new job with the company that I'm currently with. Um, and we, we are, uh, uh, we, we work with businesses. And so I was out with one of my sales reps one day um, and we stumble into a black and white store and I walk in and there's these, all these bags of coffee. And now I was starting to get familiar with single origins. I was starting to get familiar with blends but I, I wasn't really like diving in, right? Like I, I didn't know about like the specific farms or the process or really any of it. Sure. Right. I was like, Oh, it's just like, it's just coffee. So it's kind of a similar deal. It, it was a very warm environment. I started asking a lot of questions at this point. I had, like I said, I had my Chemex. I did, um, my wife actually right around then that was right around my birthday. She actually got me a French press for my birthday with like a bag of coffee samples from some vendor on Amazon. Um, and so I was, I literally, I wrote down all of them on it on uh, like with each sample bag, I cut the label out and wrote on the back of it with a Sharpie, what I liked and didn't like about each one. So I was just like starting to kind of figure it out, like basically cupping. And, um, so I walked into this place, the, this black and white, and uh, started asking all these questions, and then started trying a whole bunch of other stuff. And then next thing I knew, I had I had a second French press, I had bought a V sixty, I had a scale. That was the first time I ever brewed That's with it. one of those. You fell down the rabbit um, hole. That's all it was. You yeah. fell down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Before you know it, you're spending some high priced dollar on things that you think you oh, need, it gets, and, and it's it fun. <laughs> it gets better. So. I remember, I remember like sitting, we had just moved into a new apartment and I remember one like Saturday or Sunday, I'm like scrolling through Amazon and I said to my wife, I was like, it's like, I really want to elevate my coffee experience. Cause we had like, we had just moved and we had splurged and we bought a, uh, one of those super duper mega ninja machines. It was like 300 bucks for a drip machine. 
And I was like, you know, I really want to get into that more tactile experience of, of manual brewing. Um, so I really want to get this scale uh, and I want to get this V60 and I want to learn how to make a pour over, but I also need a kettle and we're going to need a, a grinder. Cause we, at the time we were still just using a blade grinder. And she was like, okay, how much is all this going to cost? It's like, it's like, uh, like a hundred bucks. <laughs> and um, it's, it's very funny to think that I was laboring over a hundred bucks. Oh yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I wish I was laboring over the hundred dollars nowadays. <laughs> I just look at all of my equipment on my, uh, bar here and i just look at that and i'm like oh man you've spent a lot of money eric you really have on these on these like machines (laughs) and just like not to not to skip a few a few stages here but like literally last night my wife and i were talking about when we move because we're buying a house when we move whether or not we're gonna buy a uh linea micro or a lily bianca and so it's like no, you're, you're, you're going to buy one. Like, you, you know, you're going to buy one. It's just a matter yeah. of which one it is now. Exactly. But so, so we did that, and um, I started getting into it. And my pour overs sucked. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. They were very bad. But I, I enjoyed it anyway. Um, and then we bought a couple other drippers, and then eventually, I stumbled upon a, uh, I stumbled upon a YouTube channel uh, called James Hoffman. Oh sure, Saint yeah. James. <laughs> Saint James, as we call him here on the show, Saint and, James. Yeah, and uh, immediately everything changed. Oh, yeah. I I found his channel. I think I watched videos for like eight <laughs> hours straight. I was like, yeah, this is he, incredible. And then he's intoxicating. Yeah, I, I could I could listen to that guy do a thirty minute dissertation on paint drying. I you know what I I think <laughs> if you look hard enough, he might have already done that. He might have. And, and so. The big thing for me at that point was we knew that work was going to be relocating me at some point relatively soon from then. And we knew that I was going to be getting a relocation bonus. And I was like, you know what? I think we're going to take a big step when I get that. I want to get in, I want to get an espresso machine. And I want to learn how to make espresso. And I want to learn how to steam milk and make lattes and cortados and, and do all the other stuff. So you know, now we have, we, we started with a Breville. I bought a flare. I bought a, I've got a, I've got a little Pico Presso that I try. Like it's, it's to the point where I travel with a collapsible kettle, a grinder, a scale and a Pico Presso. <laughs> and, and you know what the funny part about that is I had, when I was still working where I was before, I, I used to work in the medic, in the medical field and I would have a collapsible, uh, uh, brewer i'd have everything there at the office so this way because there was always these code violations if you if you did had this out or that out and so we had to hide everything so i had this collapsible water brewer and (laughs) and had all my equipment pretty hidden but in the morning i'd have doctors lining up just just like hey you know where's good stuff and uh they absolutely loved it and i i know you're feeling exactly which makes me wonder like how in the world zach do you go from 12 years ago, I'm going to drink some coffee to <laughs> now because of my medical situation, I'm going to not drink sugar and milk. And so now it's just pure black coffee to all of a sudden I bought an espresso machine. And now I'm thinking <laughs> about a Lilith Bianca or the micro mini, by the way, the Lilith is probably the better way to go. And that's, then that's what I'm leaning. I yes. just, I just I love that 
the that it's the iconic E sixty one style. It, it, for me. it is, and don't don't get me wrong. The mini is absolutely gorgeous, and and I want one, but I just can't justify two espresso machines on the bar just right now. But <laughs> but but, how in the world does Zach Goldman go from there to owning his own company? Not only that, to roasting your own coffee. So I um I. I, I really, with, with everything in my life, hobbies with work, I jump feet first into everything um, to, a, to a fault oftentimes. <laughs> um, I, I want to do it myself. I, you know, I cook as well. That's a big part of what I do. Um, anytime we have like an upcoming, like nice meal, we sit around and we go, well, where should we go? Where, you know, let's look at all these restaurants. And then we ultimately just decide we can do it way better at home. Right. And so that kind of mentality sort of transferred over to coffee for me. Um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go to a coffee shop and spend seven bucks for a latte. When sure. if I could learn how to make it at home, I could make one for myself every day. So the way that I initially pitched it, at, again as a salesperson, the way that I initially pitched it to my wife, <laughs> the was bo- that we you were had gonna- to pitch it to the boss. That well, we we have to think about it first. Like we have to pitch it to the <laughs> boss because this is obviously a big big uh, you know change to our life because roasting is, coffee is 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 not an easy job. And all of a sudden here you're taking it on. Well, and and even even when it comes to like to brewing, it's it's hey look it's. You know, here's our ROI period from us drinking, from us going to a coffee shop every single day sure. versus us making it at home. Here's our ROI period. Here's the point at which it's going to be cheaper for us. And I rationalized it both to myself and her. I, I knew I wanted it, but I had to kind of <laughs> rationalize it for the two of us. And, and she said, that. whatever, whatever you want to do. And so that's what we did. And then with this, um, you know, as I, as I've moved to this area, I, I've kind of networked a little bit and um, made a couple of friends in, in the local, you know, roasting community and coffee scene. And I've tried a lot of, I've tried a lot of different stuff, been to different shops, um, talked to a lot of people, figured out what I do and don't like the people I do and don't like the vibes that I don't like or do like, um, you know, eventually I, I think it would be really cool to have, you know, like a cafe or maybe like a cart type yeah. of situation. Brick or mortar um, and, and just, just, or even mobile. <laughs> I, I I know a lot of people that are going into mobile. In fact, one of the guests mm-hmm. for this season is, is, is a mobile owner. And uh, it, it's fascinating yes. how that all works and makes, well, makes me just want to quit what I'm doing now and just do that if, if I could. It's unique. It's uh, way lower overhead than like a full fledged cafe. Um, I think it's not as much of a commitment, um, but I love feeding people. Um, whenever we have guests or even when I go to somebody's house, I've, I'm the one that wants to tear it up in the kitchen. When I got people staying in my house, I'm brewing up coffee, pouring, you know, what do you, what do you, what, give me your coffee order. I'll make it for you. Which is fascinating so, because I, every time I've ever brought in someone on this show, Zach, that is a roaster uh, male or female, they are go-getters. They are very good with their hands. They jump feet first. They don't mind getting dirty. They don't mind, mind, uh, mind making mistakes. They are just 
a- active people in this realm. I, I'm starting to think that this is an exact like like trait for someone to be a roaster. <laughs> like you have to have I, these traits to to want to do yeah. it. Number one, because certainly there's nothing in me that ever thinks. Uh, e- even watching other people uh, that, that do it on Instagram, friends and past guests that that are really good at this, where, I, where they're roasting coffee and they're like, "Well, try this and try that." I'm like, "No, I I don't want to roast coffee. I want to drink your coffee." <laughs> That's all that's, I want to do. <laughs> and that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, you know, it's kind of like a, a good analog is like in my, in my other side, sort of side of my professional world is in sales. Um, you know, not everybody wants to be a sales manager. Some people are okay with being a salesman and the world needs salesmen. That's perfectly fine. Same thing in coffee. Not everybody wants to roast and that's okay. Some people just want to drink it or brew it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Um, so what gets you passionate about this? Because I'm always interested to see that, that it's, it's not just necessarily like, Oh, I really love coffee. I really love the flavor. Is there something a little bit more to that to, to you where it it intrigues you a little bit more in that sense that it's causing you to be this passionate, this, this active to want to roast your own coffee, to build your own business. So it's, it's, it's a couple things. Um, it's about, I think interacting with people, the, the intimate element, the human element. Um, it's about the, the serotonin you get from somebody telling you that something you created and then they tried is, is good. Um, but I'm also kind of a, I'm a tinkerer. I like to mess with things and, and, you know, tweak things. You know, I'm, I'm also a musician. I'm a car guy. I've always, you know, tuned my own cars. I, I play a handful of instruments. I, I built my PC. I, I'm, a, I'm a very much, I like to do things myself and, and tinker with things and modify things. And so in my kind of relationships I've been building with other coffee people, I found a lot of like-minded people in that space. But I think the big thing for me, and it's, I think it's, I think it's right on the homepage of my website. Um, one of the big things for me that I've still found, even in a lot of these shops that I've walked into, is I still feel like coffee is not super accessible to people, both in terms of how expensive craft coffee can be, mm-hmm. um, how hard it is to understand what you're getting. Um, I think some places you go online that make really good coffee, not I'm not going to name anyone in particular, but you know some places that make really good coffee – if you don't know what everything on that page is, I mean, there's so many buzzwords. There's a lot of stuff that you just don't get. And, and, and that's really overwhelming for a lot of people that want to be where, you know, where I was a few years back with my journey where I want to learn about it and I want to get a little bit more deep. So one of my things that I'd like to do is, you know, with my roasts, I want to understand it and kind of break it down so that it's as simple and easy to understand as possible for the buyer. And then, you know, it's, it's the little stuff you put it, you put an option on the website for pre-ground versus whole bean. And then when somebody places an order for pre-ground, you send them a message and you ask, Hey, I noticed you checked that you want your coffee pre-ground. What's your brew method. That'll help me determine how fine or coarse I need to grind it. And then that also opens up a dialogue of, Hey, you know, I've been wanting to get more into craft coffee what should I do if I want to do this? This is my scenario. This is my budget, whatever. And so I, I'm a, I'm a gearhead with everything I do. I like talking to people about gear and tech and all that kind of stuff. And so for me, it's kind of about 
building those dialogues, building conversations and relationships with people, but also helping them understand what they're getting, what they're drinking um, in a way that makes a little bit more sense. Cause people don't know what, you know, a lot of words mean. They just want to know like, what is this going to taste like? Like I have a, you know, one of my best friends, um, I sent him a little sample bag as a gift uh, out of my very first roast. And I said, Hey man, this is my first roast. Try this and let me know what you think. And he, he was like, I don't know how to brew this. And I was like, what do you have? He said, I have a Keurig. I said, okay, go on Amazon for eight bucks. You can buy the refillable, you know, little pods. So that's what he did. He popped it in his machine, hit brew, tasted it while I was in a discord call with him. He's like, this is incredible. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Co- and, I didn't know coffee could taste like And this. may I say, and may I say, although I, I appreciate the, all the Keurig people, this is the only <laughs> acceptable method to drink Keurig. Having having a reusable pot and filling it up yeah. with proper beans, even even yeah. that's questionable. But even then, that's already ten times better than what you're ever going to get from one of those pods. I'm sorry to say it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was actually explaining that to one of my sales reps who said he has a Keurig at home, and I was like, "Dude, you should just get good coffee and put it in there because that coffee is ground up probably right after it's roasted. It's going to be." By the time it's packed and sealed and you open it up and brew it, it's probably stale as all get out and you're drinking just some sludge. Oh, yeah. So then that's that's why people are drinking six cups of it to try to. <laughs> yeah, try just to just stay awake. So 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 now that you're roasting your own coffee, what are you using to roast? Um, I have I just got a I got a small hundred gram sample roaster. So when I say that everything is roasted to order. It literally um, is. I, I mean, literally, um, <laughs> like, you know, a, a two, a 250 gram bag, you know, if you take into consideration your, um, your mass that you lose in the roasting process, that's, I got to run it three times. So, um, to get a standard bag of coffee. Sure. So there's a lot of love and attention that goes into, um, you know, doing that. And, and we got it, be, we got into it because, I was learning about a lot of the different specifics of what I liked in my coffee, basically down to all the individual tasting notes. And I like to try a lot of different things, but I was spending 20 to 40 bucks a week on coffee. So I, you know, I went and revisited with, with my wife and had a similar conversation about, Hey, you know, if we buy a nice hundred gram sample roaster, um, or even something that's like decent or entry level or whatever, and we buy the green beans, then we can try whatever we want. And here's our cost. So this is our ROI period. And then after that, it's saving us money. As a, she was like, "All right, whatever. Just just buy what you want." <laughs> so, so the hope for me, um, like I said, we're we're actually we're supposed to close on our house in um, let's see, seventy five days ish. Yeah. Um, and one of the things on my list that I want to buy once we move is I want to buy a larger roaster. Um, there's a uh, there's a 600 gram roaster that I've got my eyes on the uh, the Kaleido Sniper. Sure, um, I think those are sick. Um, there, I haven't read or heard much about them, but the the people that I've interacted with or, or read reviews from or watched reviews of, they all have very positive. Well, I'll, I'll put you in good contact with the, with, with some, some guys that do sell roasters and this way you can look nice. at some of those options down the road. I, <clears throat> I find it fascinating. 
Zach, that you are this far down the rabbit hole and, <laughs> and, and, and it started kind of later on in your life, right? It's not something like most of us have stories yeah, like, of, of growing up with mom and dad, like my grandma probably illegally was giving me coffee at a very young age. And yeah, I love that moment. I love those history, those memories of her and drinking coffee and the smell of coffee and Although I wasn't addicted at the, that age, I, it's it's later on in life where where now I don't do any kind of sugar. I, it's just literally black coffee, yeah. proper roasts, uh, good good sourced coffee beans, and absolutely just tasting everything you can from these from these coffees. Yeah, and and, and that's that's another thing for us too. Is like we want to make sure that it's that it's ethically sourced. We want to make sure that it's that it's good. Um, you know, we want a high quality product. We don't want to cut corners, but, um, you know, we, we want to deliver a, a good product that is, that is ethically sourced. That's going to have a good result in the cup. And I, 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 you know, I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up with coffee. My dad stopped drinking coffee in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother is extremely sensitive to caffeine. So oh, no. we never had regular coffee in the house, only decaf. Um, so I didn't, I didn't grow up around it. And I did grow up drinking Snapple. Um, I developed a cat. I, de- <laughs> uh, I, I had a really, um, I had quite a caffeine addiction from an early age. Um, I was originally born in the Philly area. So Wawa is really big there, of course. And oh, yeah. um, so I grew up drinking Snapple and whatever other stuff there. And then we moved to Raleigh and I started drinking sweet tea and it's just, yeah, I mean, you know, well, yeah, especially <laughs> here in Raleigh, you're going to have to drink the sweet tea and you know that that thing is just absolutely just packed with caffeine. And, yeah, and, and delicious, and by the way. <laughs> yeah, and it's so bizarre because like I went from being in the northeast to the southeast and now that I'm in Norfolk, it's just, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere because half the people here sound like they're their country and then the other half sound like they're from Baltimore <laughs> because we're right on the we're on the we're on the southern end of the Chesapeake yeah. Bay. So so, so what have been some of the barriers of entry for you, Zach, when going into business now? Because I commend you that you're not one of these companies that starts off with, you don't even know where the coffee is coming from. It's just already brewed and it's delivered to you and you're just selling it and, and you're just kind of like a wholesaler more than anything else. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of coffee drop shipping right now, I've noticed. I, I've seen that's, that's getting really popular. Um. And it's, it's a, it's a saturated market, um, which isn't, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, the, the problem is when markets become saturated, the product gets commoditized. Mm -hmm. Um, and we see that in all types of verticals. Um, that's something that I always educate my salespeople on. Um, but you know, for me, this is really, this kind of originated as a passion product because I started, I started roasting coffee for, us to drink. And the first time that I served it to my wife, she didn't know that it was the coffee that I had roasted. And she was like, she took a sip and she was like, this is really, really good. Which one is this? Where did we get this from? And I said, I roasted this. And she was just like, we need to be selling this. <laughs> and, and, and here you are. And so even, even though it's like small scale in terms of, I mean, yeah. just looking at your website right now, you have multiple coffees coming in, it's coming soon. You have some available and you're not charging an arm and leg for any of these. Number one, they're not big, large bags. We're talking about literally a hundred grams worth of coffee at most here. 
and, yeah, well, and, so, and a variety so do, of coffee too. Yeah. So we do based on the size of the roaster and, and with the kind of variable demand and, and we really, I'd love to, I, I want to grow the business. I want to grow it organically because I, I do believe that we have a good product, a good mission, um, and, and it's, it's a product that I love and I believe in. And we want to become the regular supplier or get into the rotation for as many people as we can. Um, and like I said, we, we want to get quality coffee to people that maybe weren't drinking sure. quality coffee before. But, you know, 15 bucks for a 250-gram bag isn't, isn't atrocious. It's, it's pretty competitive. Yeah. Um, I Some people have, have come to me and they're like, dude, you got to charge more for this. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Not certainly not at this stage. I was like, I was like, there's no way, but you know, look, I, I'm ordering, I'm ordering small bags. Um, you know, basically as I, you know, right now we're kind of going through the trying lots of stuff phase, right? Yeah. So the very first one I tried was the Nicaragua Perai Nema. And that one was like really, really close to my sort of like ideal profile. I like, I like chocolate, nuts, berries, um, really syrupy, um, for my espresso. Um, I generally prefer washed. Um, I actually really fell in love with the Ethiopia Kaffa, which I, I think I sent you that one. And then, yeah, you said, you sent both, you said the Nicaragua one and the Ethiopian one. And, uh, I, I I know I told you right before I was like, I'm going to make brew up a coffee. And then I'm just like, (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I have the energy today to make the coffee. Um, tomorrow morning will be the time I actually try any of this coffee. And I'm excited to try out the uh, Ethiopian for sure tomorrow. I've been, dude, I've been loving that one. So that one, a lot of the, I think like the cinnamon, the florals came out. Um, but it, it's got like this, this juicy fruity body. I actually made, sure. um, there's a there's a gelato place at the end of our street. Um, that's a local place. They make all their stuff daily. They they have this blackberry cobbler gelato, and mm. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make an affogato with the Ethiopia. Was, oh, I'm sure that came out uh, fantastic. Out of this world, uh, <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> I, I, I actually have something similar, so I might actually have to do that uh, pretty soon here Dude, with, with the oh, Ethiopia. So one of the coffees that I really absolutely love that you have on the site zach is the peaberry the uh, kenya that's coming in pretty soon here i first tried a peaberry back oh, a few years ago with abstract coffee roasters out of the uk and had them on the this, this different podcast different kind of show that uh, that was more yeah. video oriented and so forth and i absolutely love that peaberry it was a yeah it was a just strong tea with with zesty lemon and, and I remember calling up the, the the guy that sent it to me, and I'm like, like, no way am I drinking coffee. This is was it. Um, was it like a like a dark roast? No, it was it was it was actually a really light medium. Um, and and, I, and my mind was blown from the pea berry. So I'm I'm really happy to see that you're you're branching out to different varietals, <laughs> and yeah. uh, just just going into it because it's it's unique. Going into these coffees and 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 uh, they all have their genuine signature in terms of what they're supposed to taste like over what the roaster yeah. is is aiming for. So I and I applaud you for that. Oh, I, I appreciate that. My my thought with it is the worst that can happen is it's not good. 
And, and so that, true. And that, look, and that's, that's the worst that can happen. The best that can happen is people say, I love this and I want more of it. Um, for example, the Tanzania pea berry that's on the store. Um, I've got, I have a little bit left for myself and then I have literally exactly one sample bags worth of it left. Um, and I know pea berries are, are roasted all over the spectrum. Um, but I had, I had only tasted two, um, before this. So one from a, a good friend of mine who is a, um, he's the guy's just, he's a hustler, but one of his big things that he does is he roasts for a pretty big chain of shops in this area. Sure. Um, and he also owns his own sort of like private business as well that roasts. But, um, the first time I had even heard of a pea berry was he roasted up a Brazil pea berry. And I tried that and he did that um, kind of, it was like a medium dark. And then there's another shop here that did a uh, Tanzania pea berry and they roasted it. I mean, it was dark. I mean, I opened up that can (laughs) and it was like, pow, like I, I I was blasted. I was like, Whoa. Um, Oil all over your face. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I was, I was so intrigued because I don't really generally like dark roasts like that. I usually prefer a medium to medium dark. Um, but I really liked it. I liked how smooth it was. And so when I got, I, when I got, I was like, you know what? My first pea berry is going to be a Tanzania as well. And I'm going to use this roast that I had from this local roaster as my sort of basis for comparison. And so I roasted it. I just let that thing rip until it was smoky and oily. And um, my wife said that it kind of tasted like motor oil to her. But um, <laughs> I, uh, to me, I was getting, you know, definitely, definitely some smoky and like floral, like aromas. Um, but I got a little bit of that, like black tea, lemon, yeah. peach, very, very smooth. And everyone that's tried it has been like, you know, this is actually really good. Um, so I'm going to probably with the Kenya, I'm going to probably, I'm going to try to go a little bit more of like a medium, the light medium. Um, I, because I primarily drink espresso and this is, this is something that I'm trying to work on just personally. This is, this is my character development arc is I'm trying to avoid only roasting things that I like because not everybody is me. And I want this to be as accessible as possible. Sure. Because if, because if I was only, if I was only going to roast things that I like, and you know, I'm kind of tilting my hand a little bit here. If you look through the catalog, you're going to see a lot of medium dark. Um, (laughs) It's just, it's, it's what I like. It's fairly universal. Um, You can brew whatever kind of method with it. And once you get into that stage of the roast, you start to really unlock a lot of the flavors. Yeah. Unless you, yeah. Unless you have the tools to be able to really exercise the flavors out of a light roast. Right. And not everyone does. So if you don't have a a flow profile machine or a way to modify water or even uh, temperature or even a grinder, that's going to be able to get as fine as it needs to just to be able to produce a, a flavor out of that, that light coffee, yeah, it's it's not going to be something that's truly assess, accessible to people, like yeah, you said. Exactly. So, so you're going with the medium, <clears throat> the medium roast there. So, Zach, tell me a little bit of just 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 the one thing that makes you happy about all of this, because 
obviously passion is not something that you're missing out on. You have plenty of it <laughs> and you, you have the drive to it, but what's the one thing that you've just been looking on this project and saying to yourself, I absolutely have, have not expected this part of it. And this has been fantastic to me. Every single time someone tries my coffee and sends me a message and says, this is really good. It's just like, a, it's like, it's like a wave crashing over my head of serotonin. The dopamine is just, <laughs> it's just, it's insane. Um, and that's really, honestly, for me, the biggest thing is it's just, you know, it's, it's the good boy points that I get from people trying my coffee and saying, Hey, this stuff's really good. Um, and nothing, you know, nothing's of, wrong with that. Nothing is wrong. with that. <laughs> You know, my, my highest praise um, that I, that I got that I, that I, I'm going to just be riding the high forever from was from that guy that I mentioned that, that is a local roaster. I, I was on the way out of town to go to my nephew's birthday and I dropped by the shop and I dropped him a bag and I said, Hey man, this is from my very first batch. Don't, don't pull any punches. I want you to taste it like you bought it somewhere and give me your honest feedback. And he, it took him about a week before he tore the bag open. And I was, I was so nervous and so he finally, he messaged me and he says, all right, so your first batch, I just sipped it pretty hot, straight out of the AeroPress, medium fine ground, minute and a half steep with no extra water diluted, very tasty. Got some good balance on the back end, medium dark, nice body, not acidic, no bite, no bad aftertaste. I'm going to let it cool a little while and see what I get, but I really dig it. And if I paid for this at a shop, I would not be disappointed. And I was just like, I, I like almost started tearing up. I was so happy to read that, that positive reinforcement coming from somebody in the, this community and locally that I respect and admire. And so, you know, the, the dream, and I kind of alluded to like a cart or a business, my younger sister is a coffee enthusiast as well. She wants to open up a coffee shop and kind of grow that into an empire, but she doesn't want to roast. Sure. And so for me, you know, maybe five, 10 years down the road, I see a vision of, you know, I'm using Stay Goldman to supply my sister's business. And, you know, we've got this kind of, uh, you know, Breaking Bad style coffee empire. <laughs> I, I, I tell <laughs> you, I Zach, I tell you, I, I, I smell the Goldman empire rising. <laughs> and, and I'm definitely on board with what, it, what it's coming to. And I, I am so appreciative of you and your passion that you bring to the show, to your business, to what you're doing in life. It's, I'm always in, in awe of people who are doing something that I love and I wish I could do that too. I just, I just <laughs> certainly cannot because the debtors would be right we at just, my door. <laughs> we just want to share it, man. And, and my thought is at, at this stage, if, if one person buys a bag of coffee from me and that's it, and they get to share the experience I'm good. I'm look, I'm still going to roast for myself. I still drink. I still, you know, we still probably go through 80 to hundred grams of coffee a day. So yeah. I'm, I'm still going to coffee on. Um, I will happily and, and, and lovingly share this and my passion with anybody that will. And one of the, one of the you know big things that I'm kind of working on right now is I have a, a friend in, uh, in the Raleigh area who, um, he's he's a really avid musician, but sure. he and everybody in his band, um, they're all coffee nerds. 
And so I actually have, I've got a roast that's going to be getting done this weekend that's coming along with the other stuff, the Kenya, the El Salvador, the other, uh, the Nicaragua. That's that's a more, that one's going to be a little bit more chocolate heavy and less. Yeah. That one I think has no secondary tasting. It's literally just like chocolate blast. But And I cannot um, wait, Zach. And I cannot <laughs> wait for all of it. I, Zach, where, where, where can people find you on Instagram? So uh, Instagram is at staygoldmancoffee and the website is staygoldman.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach Goldman. Zach, thank you so much for being on the show. I, I love your passion. I love everything you're doing. I cannot wait for this for this Goldman Empire to rise, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> no thank problem. You so much for no, no, me. of course. And don't forget to subscribe to Everything Coffee on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at everything.coffee.podcast. Check out our website at everythingcoffee.podbean.com. And thank you for listening and doing your part in supporting local businesses in your city and around the world.